kind of leading off of what we've been talking about already, going in with a good mindset is, is, is the biggest grounding factor to, it allows us to really put energy into the results that we want to see. So we have that clear goal from what we were talking about before with that meaning of why I want this goal. I think that really um, helps with that mindset of allowing yourself to envision the success that you're looking for and actually have a reasonable expectation to be able to achieve it. There is a depth and a breadth to our lives that largely goes unexplored. As an equestrian life mindset coach and host of this podcast, I am here to lead you on that exploration. Deep conversations covering topics in and out of the show ring with industry leaders and unsung heroes alike sharing their stories and what makes their journey unique but relatable at the same time. We all have stories to share and lessons to trade something we've learned from a horse or from each other. So relax and be ready to listen with more than just your ears. I'm Tracy Mitchell. Welcome to Hitting Your Stride. Welcome back to Hitting Your Stride. I am Tracy, your host, and I'm thrilled that you have taken the time to join me today. Today's guest, Kendra DeVos, is joining the show for a second time. A counselor and social worker, Kendra has her master's in social work and has been in that field for 12 years. She currently has her own practice in London, Ontario, where her focus is on helping patients who experience mental health concerns such as anxiety, depression, and trauma. Kendra joined me back in the fall on episode number 27, where we went over the post-show season assessment. We touched on self-evaluation, self-compassion, as well as learning to differentiate between anxiety and stress and how to manage them. Based on the positive listener feedback from the first episode with Kendra, I knew she had to come back to have another conversation at the beginning of the show season, where we can talk about a few important topics that are on the forefront of the minds of most riders. Welcome, Kendra. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be back. Yeah, we've been waiting for this conversation. Absolutely. We're looking forward to it. (laughs) Now, before we get started, I should let those listening know that you are a rider and you and your beautiful mare Gigi are actually in the midst of everything we are talking about today. Can you share a little bit about what you and Gigi have been up to so far this 2022 season? Absolutely. So this is my very first show season ever. Um, Gigi is um, more experienced in that. I'm sure this is old hat to her. She doesn't blink an eye when she shows up at the show, but I was very, it was the first time I'd ever been. Um, So we're doing the Silver Series at Angelstone this year. Okay. And and so do do you find it funny, ironic, sort of like all encompassing that we are talking about some of these things we're going to touch on and you're living it at the same time? (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It was, it was, it's like, I'm basically like coaching myself through all the things that we're talking about as we were talking about all these different pieces. I have to remind myself of these exact same things all of the time, which I think is beautiful that we're talking about it. Cause I think that every writer, um, thinks these ways or, or kind of goes through some of the same mental preparation for a show, no matter how many times you've done it. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of coming into it as that, like fresh eyes, brand new, kind of no idea what's going on perspective. And uh, I'm sure there's lots of people who've done this, you know, many years in a row that are still experiencing some of the same things. Yeah. So how is it before we just get into this a little bit, how is it that, that you take your training and what you know, and then try to actually put it into your way of thinking in the moment where you're entering the ring for the first time or a big storm blows through like how are you able to take counselor Kendra and new rider Kendra and sort of put them together oh sometimes not very successfully (laughs) (laughs) we're just everyone I think we do our best all the time and that we all sort of know often what's the most kind of productive way to do things and then sometimes your nerves take over I think for me it kind of fitting to some of the stuff we'll talk about I think um, it's about being able to ground myself again afterwards or oftentimes I almost feel like I know too much because I can recognize what's happening in the moment and I'll be like "Hmm, here we are we're panicking and (laughs) 
funny. I, I mean, it's not funny, but yeah, yeah you, what can you do but giggle in a moment yeah. like that? Yeah. yeah. So you're just like, okay, this is happening. What? What's the next, literally the next step uh, okay. to do to kind of get through this thing, right? So awesome. kind of just like everyone else, I don't think I have a superpower. <laughs> no, well, I mean, the listeners are for sure going to hear that, yes, you're in it. So you're speaking from experience and experience. So this is perfect. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> All right. So the first topic concerns setting expectations based on where you're at. So how do we achieve the state or a state of reasonable honesty with ourselves? We all have expectations and ambitions, but when it comes to setting goals for ourselves in the ring, how do we strike the balance between saying what we want to achieve and how we can reasonably get there? Yeah, absolutely. Right. I think what, you know, and such a great question, because I think that's the beginning of everything in terms of like a show season or even goals in other areas of our lives that like we first have to really be understanding, like, what is it that we actually want to achieve? Right. Like depending on the situation that you're in, depending on like, um, like my, your own training, the, where your horse is at, all of those things. I think a lot of things have to factor in. So things like just being able to really ground yourself of, okay, say if you're going to sign up for a show series or just a, an, or a single, single show, what am I hoping to achieve? Right. Like actually being able to ground yourself in that. Um, what kind of steps do you think will go into that goal? Um, my favorite one there is the idea of around what, like what's meaningful to me about this goal, like something that's bigger than just, I just have to go do it. Like look at the why behind some of the goals that we set, like what is most important to that? What are we hoping to achieve? Like say, if I'm doing this first show, I'm really trying to conquer some of my fears um, and try to work through some of those pieces and definitely push myself out of my comfort zone. So that's like my bigger why. So that's say when those moments happen where I'm, I'm very uncomfortable but I'm like okay this is kind of exactly why I'm here even though I'm very uncomfortable in this moment this was my bigger why I'm choosing this series um to do okay. right so yeah that's kind of that's a kind of cool tool to use right there it's, yeah. it's like when you're feeling it you're like okay this is what I wanted I wanted to see if I could get over this hurdle or this thought yeah. process you're yes. in it. So yes. accept it. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, and I think some of the other things that are maybe more practical would be that I, I like the bigger why thing. I, I use that as a big anchor in my life. Um, and then I thought of different things around the goals, like being realistic about, um, do I have like the tools I need to meet that goal? Um, do I have the support that I need? Do I have the mental or emotional or sometimes the actual literal resources to get there and, and make that happen? Um, all sort of important things to consider. Um, but to me, the bigger arching piece is that the meaningful, like the why connected to that. Okay. Yeah. And when you yeah. and I were, were touching on these, like we had a conversation just like we did the, the previous episode where we, yeah. we sort of talk about what we think would be, um, valuable for, for the mm -hmm. listeners to hear. So one of the things that you did say was that setting goals that align with where you're at. So it, yes. is that is that like mental, emotional? Is that also like the actual physical act? Yeah, I would say both yeah. crazy. Like, yeah, like both of them, right? I think it's about what you feel you and your horse are physically capable of in terms of where you're at in your training, for example, but also what you feel you have the capacity for sort of mentally or emotionally. Mm -hmm. um, I always think that it's nice to just strike a balance between um something that feels challenging to you, but also feels achievable. Um, so a reference that I use a lot in my life, but also with my clients is this concept or, and there's a visual to it as well called the window of tolerance. Okay. Um, and so I can kind of explain the visual a little bit. So if you just picture like a box or a window, um, if we picture kind of like a dotted line going out the top of the window is when we're panicking or like just in, in distress, like in a lot of distress, um, like kind of like um, hyper aroused about something. And then if we drop down out of the bottom of the window, it's when we're like shutting down, like too much, I can't handle it. And we kind of shut down and go inside ourselves. Um, and that the concept we talk about a lot is about kind of a, just understanding where we're at at different moments. Um, and what this window of tolerance thing that I love to talk about with goal setting is that my thought or my way I like to try to support everyone is to set a goal that isn't like directly in the center of that window of tolerance, which I would call like our comfort zone. 
right? Like you're super comfy. You're not really challenging yourself. It would be a super achievable goal, um, but you're not really challenging any of that. I also don't think it's great to set a goal that's way outside of your comfort zone. So you're out of that window of tolerance. So you're going to be either in that panicked, hyper aroused state, or you're going to go hypo arousal, which is the shutdown. Um, there's this sweet spot. There's a sweet spot right in the edges. So just towards the edge of not quite, I can't handle this. I need to shut down and just not quite that I'm like fleeing the situation in panic. Mm -hmm but you're just starting to approach those edges where you're a bit uncomfortable, but you're also tolerating that discomfort. That's my sweet spot that mm. I try to make for myself and for others, right? So if you find that edge of the window, that's where personal growth happens. That's where skill growth happens. That's where everything happens. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. I love that. Yeah, that is, that is great. And it, it all like, I'm all about the word discomfort the past few yes. months have really been um, all about that in different aspects of my life and sharing it. And I see it and I hear it from coaching clients and people like yourself and massage clients. And, and I think it's an awesome theme. And if everybody could just embrace the discomfort, knowing that it's not bad, it's great because yeah. like you just shared, that's where all the skill development happens. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. So that's always trying to help people. And for each person, it's going to be different. So something else just to take into account would be recognizing when we're talking about staying with this goal setting theme is recognizing that everyone's window of tolerance is going to be different. And then your window of tolerance is going to be different in different moments. Right. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I'll share very quickly one of the stories for me. I was pushing myself out of the window of tolerance to show up or sorry, out of my comfort zone to show up, but I was very much in the edges. We were doing, I think we we're doing two foot hunters. Pretty good. I'm just like, I'm pretty nervous, but like we got this, we had some success there. It was great. Decided to bump up to the two, three hunters, which look like three foot high when <laughs> <laughs> you're not used to it. And I was completely out. I was popped right out of that window of tolerance, did not enjoy. We did not have a great time. And so then I just took the learning from that where I was just like, okay, right. I have some growth to do in terms of my own comfort. Gigi could have handled it like a champ. Um, but I was like, nope, nope, not comfortable. And so I think that's the idea of recognizing in that window of tolerance, my sweet spot was in that two foot spot, too fast, too high for me. And so we just regrouped try something different and keep going. And, and right? did you, did you get sort of your feet settled back in, in the two foot and get some confidence going yeah. again? Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Good. Yeah. Good. And I just want to touch on one thing we were talking about expectations because yeah. it, it kind of um, jogged a thought here. So when you go into something, the expectations could be, and again, it's within your, within your capability, they align with where you're at. Some people might not be aware of that and their expectations are like way right. up here. Yeah. And then you've got these other people that maybe due to lack of confidence or something, their expectations are way down here. Right. And yeah. so it's like either one, they're set up for not a great outcome because I don't think the one that's set way down here is even going to have the, the whereabouts to, to be proud of themselves or push themselves. Exactly. They're just expecting to fail. And the one up here yeah. doesn't really have a, a sense of the possible reality they might be facing. Is there something yeah. you can say to that? I think, well, to me, I think it speaks back to the, I think the, the, the person who's setting super low expectations is maybe, um, feeling most comfortable to stay in the comfort zone. And I think that's usually the situation where they're not quite sure what it is that makes them uncomfortable. So they're not sure what direction to, to you know, am I nervous if we're talking about showing, for example, are you nervous about um, people watching? Are you nervous about the actual jumps? Are you nervous about remembering the course, your test, like whatever it is, right? And so if sometimes we don't know what it is, then we'll set lower expectations. Um, <laughs> And then, yeah, I think this it's same thing goes with you set it too high, then you're already out of your window of tolerance. And yeah. Um, yeah, and I think that, like you said, it's a little bit challenging to, it, I guess it includes, you need to be a bit mindful. You have to have a level of mindfulness to kind of do that, which is why I guess those questions at the beginning here of checking in with yourself to say, yeah. okay, wait, what is the why of my goal? Maybe that's the grounding 
piece to that because like why why do you have to whatever the person who's setting a goal that's too high yeah why do they feel they need to prove something like what's happening for them right and then that needs to be figured out with some insight before you do something that's like too much too fast um I also think about having really good support people in your life can be super helpful for that or a really great coach someone who would support you or encourage you if they think you're setting you're selling yourself short based mm-hmm. on what you're ready for um, and also a coach that's going to ground you if you're setting your sights too high, too fast. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. All yeah. right. So moving on, the show mm-hmm. season can be a bit of an emotional roller coaster for riders and their support team. A good score or a clear round gives us a big high, but the slightest thing that goes awry can send us on that downward swing. How do we want to look at adjusting our mindset so we can avoid those big back and forth swings? No, absolutely. Right. Mindset's so important. I just think kind of leading off of what we've been talking about already, going in with a good mindset is, is, is the biggest grounding factor to, it allows us to really put energy into the results that we want to see. So we have that clear goal from what we were talking about before with that meaning of why I want this goal. I think that really um, helps with that mindset of allowing yourself to envision the success that you're looking for and actually have a reasonable expectation to be able to achieve it. So something that I was thinking of is that oftentimes when we're anxious, so the idea of that window of tolerance thing would be you're just a little bit out of your, you're not quite in the middle of your comfort zone, but you're not out of your windows. There's a bit of just overall discomfort since that's our favorite word today, Yeah. right? (laughs) Uh, In a little bit of discomfort that naturally we tend to start looking at the what ifs on the negative side. So you go, oh my gosh, what if it goes terribly? What if I embarrass myself? What if, whatever, right? And I think that it can be really important to imagine that like, of course your brain's gonna wonder about something that's new and you don't know what the outcome's gonna be. So if we purposely try to balance that to also try to imagine like, what if it goes really well? What if I, you know, have a step towards success? What if, right, you know, we have moments of, you know, loveliness and then moments that are struggle like all of those things are possible so it doesn't always have to be like um sugarcoating things but it's about balancing like really realistic balancing yeah that okay. it's not all going to go terribly so, <laughs> so and it's funny because when you when you first describe the what ifs like what if all and you listed all these things that could go wrong isn't that mm-hmm. our natural isn't that our like yes. physiological, natural way that yes. our brain works in order for us Absolutely. to survive in those scary moments? Yes, I literally, because yeah. you nailed it because we're, it's our survival system. So when you're kind of in that discomfort, your brain is hardwired to go back to sort of like cave people days yep. that you're hardwired to be scanning the environment for a threat. I don't know if we talked about this part last time. I used use this analogy that if you were a cave person and you hear that like rustling in the bushes, the negativity bias concept is that you had to assume it was something that's going to eat you in order to survive. If you assumed it was nothing, then maybe you were right. And it was like a rabbit or maybe you weren't. <laughs> and it was something that was going to eat you. And then those, that, those people didn't survive. So, right. so the idea of that negativity bias is like some natural survival biology that would get triggered, which is why I think we consciously need to be able to bring in the realization that we're not in a survival situation at that right. point, even though your body's telling you that you are, we've chosen to be here. We've signed up for this show or this event or whatever it is we're doing and recognizing that's a natural process, not judging it, just recognizing that is where your brain will take you. So how do I make sure I've already prepped and I can visualize So going back to mindset, you can visualize success. You can picture yourself doing the course and it going well, or picture your test running through and it going well. Um, those types of pieces. Right. And again, good, a good coach, I think also helps with those pieces of helping you with that mindset and, um, kind of giving that positive balance to it all. Well, and, and you said a key word, you said it has to be very conscious for us because otherwise that subconscious and all of our fears and the things we're worried about that just bubbles up and it's like, hello, I'm here. Whereas, you know, and we'll touch on it in a little bit too, but it's that self-awareness. It's, you have to practice this, the positive talk. You have to practice visualization, all of these things that people are looking to the answers for, or looking for answers to these issues they Mm -hmm. have, they have to actually work on this. 
Absolutely. And I think writing is a perfect example. You brought up the kind of concept of conscious versus like a subconscious operation and how our brains work. And I don't remember the percentage, but it's really high. It's like 80% of our awareness is subconscious. Don't quote me on that, but somewhere in that range. Um, And I think there's that sense around recognizing that. So then same concept of bringing that into what we're talking about for show ring that I I guess repeating back to a a coach is really good for that. I don't know how many times my coach just like pointed out tension in my body or what I'm something that I'm doing that I have no conscious awareness that it's even happening. Right. right. And so then you're like, oh, because I am feeling tense. So part of, of, of this idea around mindset might be just being aware that again, not from a, it, it makes sense that we're anxious. If we set a goal that it's in that sweet spot of a little bit out of that comfort, but not something that's not tolerable. So then we can anticipate having some tension in your body that you need to release or needing to consciously imagine it going well, because you know, your brain will go to, you know, worries about it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So then follow-up question Mm -hmm. with that is when is it a good time to reflect on what's happened and hold a bit of a self debrief? Because that's, that's the key to the self-awareness. Oh, absolutely. Right. So I kind of think for that one, there's kind of two parts. I think that kind of partially during your warm up or kind of even when you're in the ring would be that time to be aware of your body and that subconscious stuff. So, um, you know, even if I don't think that I'm tense, I find it, it's a mad, you know, we all know the horses are just like magical in their intuitiveness where I've been say warming up and I'm like, I think I'm fine. And then I'll shake my shoulders out while I'm riding. I'll just do the wiggle and relax and then you'll just I feel a difference in her that I a I've released the tension but then now she also releases some tension because she's mirroring me so it's just so cool if you even if you're not consciously you're like I think I'm fine I always encourage people check in with your body shake it out do some I think we don't do enough this is maybe a bit of a sidebar but of ourselves as athletes as in the horse world so say doing your own stretches and from a mental health point my point is around stretching is is to warm up your body but also to like get connected to your body to be like feeling and in yourself if that makes sense rather than only in your head we tend mm-hmm. to be very neck up cerebral um, under stress and so anything that's going to ground you in your body like doing some stretches um, shaking it out during your warm-up and then same concept as you're like next to go that you're kind of doing that mindfulness breathing in the moment I always say uh, when I was going into the ring, more for my calming than hers, I always be like, it's just you and me. It's just you and me. Like, Aww. we're just like in a lesson going around, nice. like, you know, right? and so I'm just like, it's just you and me. And that's all I kept saying and more to calm myself than her. And yeah. then we would go out and try to do our thing. So okay. I think that's a good piece around the grounding. Yeah. Yeah. So just yeah. to go back to that, and I know we talked yes. about this in the first episode, number 27. So if people want to go back and listen to that, cause it's filled with awesome stuff. Um, you did give listeners the, the tool about the grounding. So like going through your senses. So let's say you are on deck, you are in the warm up (laughs) ring, getting ready to go. And you start to feel this panic kind of come over you. Yeah. What can the riders do in that moment in the saddle? Absolutely. Right. Yeah. So same thing. I think it's, it's probably gonna be a little bit different for each person, but the grounding that you're referring to is pretty effective for almost anybody. It's just about naming off anything that you can see, hear, smell, taste, like touch or feel um, in the space. And the idea is that this grounds you into that current moment. So what am I actually looking at? What am I hearing? Um, And it grounds you into that moment. Um, The other thing I think of, for example, is that if you're feeling really nervous, I like to repeat something like, for example, it's useful to repeat like the course. I personally do that and I find it calms me down because even in the stressed state, I can still rhyme off this, then this, then this, then this. And I find that soothes me. And it also from a, when we're talking about the, the psychology of it, if you can get into your thinking brain while you're under stress, hmm. grounding, it'll be grounding to be able to get into something that's like analytical. So oftentimes having your coach there and they're like, okay, tell me your course. And, you know, here's how I want you to approach your first jump. And here's how I want you to take this corner um, can be really helpful. But ultimately, if you're in that panic state that you're describing, Tracy, then I would say the grounding of just, we're just trying to get into the moment, right? And back into your body. Yeah. And like even wrapping your hands 
like around the, the your reins or touching your saddle and getting the yeah. sensation of the leather or Absolutely. connecting with your horse and just slowly patting your horse, yes. not so much for, maybe not so much for the horse's benefit, but for, but yours. for yours. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And that example is perfect because if you couldn't be noticing the differences in the taste, the, the textures and the softness and all of those different pieces, that level of attunement of like noticing, okay, like how this is how this feels, this part is soft, this part is more coarse, whatever it is that you're touching, um, then you can ground in that instead of just like mindlessly touching like you said, your reins or petting your horse that you're like paying attention to like what you can feel. And, um, that's, that's where the grounding comes in. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right. So uh, again, like, I guess just to go to this, the self debriefing like in the moment, is there something Mm -hmm. that riders can do afterwards? Yes. Yeah. And so afterwards, what I was really thinking is that, um, again, finding that balance and rooting ourselves in that goal is that that natural negativity bias is to say, oh, you know, this one didn't go very well or whatever it is. So we'll naturally reflect on what didn't go well. Again, I'm all about balance. And so there's really great learning in recognizing or understanding what didn't go well. Um, and, and I think it's important to find that balance of what is your areas of growth? What do we feel? It's our areas of growth, not meaning in a bad way, meaning what is my area that I felt growth happening if that made sense. Um, what went well, what was smooth, even if it was moments that were really smooth, anything that you're proud of. And I feel like maybe sitting down or having that chance to chat with your coach, or I often saw people or had the debrief happening as you're walking back from the show ring to your barns that kind of naturally seem to happen at those points, um, where you're just able to kind of like talk through what happened and yeah, either bask in the moments that went really well and be proud of yourself. And then at the same time, really absolutely. You can set sort of new nuanced goals for the next time that you do something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So what's the best way to plot a course for your own success amid the successes of others around you? Right. Is there a way we can teach ourselves to remain focused on our own journey and not worry about the advantages or perks others have that might cause a distraction for us. No, absolutely. I'm trying to remember what that saying is. It's something about comparison being the theft of joy or the thief Uh, of joy. I can't remember what it is. Right. And that's what I think of when I hear that. I think that, um, one is that in any, going back to the mindset idea, I think we can find value or we can feel devalued in almost any situation, depending on your mindset. Right. So you can walk into that show season and I'm sure there are a lot of very fancy expensive horses with expensive tag and and, and people with years and years and years of experience um, who are there. And then you're showing up to whatever, wherever you're at in your own goals, your own riding. I think that's actually part that was actually really cool for me with Angel Stone. I kind of walked in having an expectation that there was going to be like all really accomplished riders, like really accomplished riders. And that I was going to be like an odd man out. Um, And it was actually really nice see a bunch of just just there absolutely is you know beautiful riders there and people who are competing at a much higher level than I do which is really fun to watch um but also that when you're kind of doing your thing that you're like okay wait I don't you know I am with my people like mm-hmm. we're all here kind of with similar goals similar experience and we're all here to like have a good time or challenge ourselves or whatever that is right so I think that was actually really cool that I wasn't personally expecting out of yeah. the show season I just thought this whole concept of a series of shows was very intimidating yeah um and then realized that it's really nice actually it's kind of a cool community um so that's my idea where you can feel value or be devalued anything into the in, in any situation so going back to that mindset idea um but what really was reflecting on this I feel like ultimately if you're focusing on anyone else whether it be people doing better or worse than you then the the biggest thing that can guarantee out of that is that you're pulled away from your own focus, like you focusing on your own goal, right? So either way, it just serves as a distraction that won't help you, whether you're feeling devalued by um, uh, people who are, you know, just competing at a higher level mm-hmm. or whether you're comparing yourself to anyone else. I think that you should just be focusing on yourself and what your goals are. And like, that's like your success, your mindset. And that needs to be the, the main focus. Right. Absolutely. And I think when we were chatting about it, you too, like you said, turn it around, reframe it and be inspired by others' successes. Absolutely. 
right? Because you love yeah. to hear, I think, you, and well, I guess a piece that I didn't think about until right now is that we watch someone, you know, competing at some high level or whatever and think, wow, like that's super impressive. And maybe you feel intimidated or whatever. But like you said, I think it can be really inspiring. And also like, I get so curious to know those people's stories, right? Like how they've progressed through all the different things. And, you know, depending on what different people's goals are, if a rider had a goal to reach that level, like um, uh, people don't just start at that level. They start where they're at and they keep moving forward. So that person that you're looking at right now, at some point was likely in your shoes, competing at whatever level you're at right now and worked their way towards that goal. So that's where I say it can be inspiring mm-hmm. because you can do what you're doing right now could, if that's your goal, work your way towards what you're witnessing happen. Right. And, and I, uh, the other word that, that we've enjoyed before in the previous one was also vulnerability. Absolutely. So just allow yourself to be vulnerable. Let people know that, you know what, yeah, I'm a little nervous. Yep. This is, this is my first show that, you know, and ask questions, ask, you know, don't go searching for everybody's opinion, but gravitate towards those who you, you have this sense, like they resonate with you, that it feels good. And then just start asking questions, see what you can learn, come up with, with ideas to, you know, kind of help yourself, but allow yourself to be open to the possibilities. Yes. And I think if you really think about it at the end of the day, we have a really cool thing with the horse community is that everybody is ultimately invested in the same thing for core, the same reasons I hope, right. Which is like having a good time, the well-being of the horses, um, like you mentioned briefly that we, we experienced quite the weather while we were there one of the weekends when a storm touched down yeah. and it was chaotic. And what I found great after we all settled down and realized that nobody was seriously injured, that everyone came together. Some random, some two women came and helped me walk Gigi back from the ring we were showing into our barns just everyone was just like running around helping each other that was like so it was such an equalizer that at that point nothing mattered it was about safety and people being safe and the horses being safe and like the whole community came together it was really cool um and so I think that kind of when you talk about the that mass in some ways but almost doesn't because when push comes to shove we're all there for the same reason yeah there's that moment in situations like that where all of a sudden you know it's not this person here and that person here and that barn and whatever everybody's on the same level and and that's a real that's a bonding experience where confidence can grow out of that a hundred percent. Right. And it was like, it's just a really cool sense of community. Like everyone just kind of comes together, no questions asked. Like it was a bustle of action around the same focus. And then when I think about that, when we're saying the comparison concept is at the end of the day, you boil it all down. We're all focused on the same thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So right. in my, in my previous episode to this, um, I did a solo, um, solo talk about resilience. And there was something that you had said about, you know, when you feel alone and Mm -hmm. in my readings, because I'm a total bookworm, I love, I'm reading. One of my favorite authors is Robin Sharma and his most recent book, The Hero Manifesto, he shared in one of his chapters about how in that world of feeling alone Mm -hmm. is actually, that's the most common thread amongst humanity it's the most commonly experienced feeling or emotion yes. or concern so that ultimately if we know that we all feel that way that the big picture is yeah. we're not alone exactly isn't yes. like I had to read that I don't know how many times yes. to absorb that because you know in that in that moment you're like oh my god what am I doing I, I don't know if I can do this I'm not feeling heard. I'm not feeling supported. I'm scared. There are a bazillion other people feeling that exact same way at that horse show. Ah, Yes. Oh, a hundred percent. Right. You maybe think of a cute visual. It's funny. That's such a complex and deep quote. And then, you know how sometimes like art or pictures can just sum that up in a simple concept. And so the picture I remember, I don't know where it is now. It was just a little cartoon drawing and it was just a whole bunch of people, like a big crowd of people. And then eat the one the, there's one guy kind of standing off to the side and he has a thought bubble saying something like I have no idea what's going on and everyone else seems to know what to do or something like that but then they have 
like a billion little thought bubbles coming up from that crowd and then one big bubble because they're all thinking the same thing so they're all in a group and the guy's just like you know an inch away from them and he's going oh my gosh I don't know they yeah. all know what's going on I don't but every single person in that group is thinking the same thing so I think that's a, a visual representation of what you're describing of yeah. like it is such a commonality of everyone's got the nerves yeah before trying anything new yeah no, I thought that was a, that was a huge aha moment for me. So, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah, I thought it was worth sharing again. <laughs> yes, no, absolutely. Love those quotes. Okay, so what's the value in learning to accept failing as a means of improvement? Are we as riders so fearful of our own vulnerabilities that we can't accept that failing is the biggest teaching tool available to us? Yeah. Absolutely. There's our favorite word again, the vulnerability piece, right? Yeah. And I think that's, that is an important element that as a sidebar, I think we live in a culture that, um, what is it, highlights achievement or success over the process that it takes to get there. Yeah. Those, those um, quick little pics on Instagram where everything looks yeah. perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. And then not really highlighting like the grit and the, the work and the literal like blood, sweat and tears that go into achieving any success in any area of our lives. Um, so I think, I mean, I think it's not a surprise that we would say the biggest, I think the greatest lessons that we learn are from failures, like failing at something and trying it again. Um, and I like to try to reframe it as like, that's, that's kind of like the whole point. The whole point is that we're trying and that trying something is something to be proud of. Um, instead of thinking of the, the outcome being the determinant of whether it was successful or not, that's seeing mm -hmm. that the trying being the, the being piece, right? Like I want to try something um, that's a little the, out of that comfort zone for me and that I'm already proud before I do it. Like I'm already proud because I've done it. Like it's happening. You're sitting there, you're at the plate, you're at the show or you've started a project or whatever it is that you're working on. Um, so it loops back to the mindset thing about seeing failure um, rather than as like, not an okay thing but as like that's almost the, the only tool to improve yourself mm -hmm. like you have to so if you can see failure with curiosity with intrigue like kind of like okay so that's what happened when I did that what's going to happen if I try you know this adjustment okay we'll see if that went well or not and that you kind of learn and practice yeah. through those pieces so it's almost like you said failure can actually be like a like a tool rather than something to be afraid of it's like yeah. a natural byproduct of buying yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, when you and I were chatting before um, we recorded this, we actually referred to it as being willing to fail. So yes. if, if you turn that around, I mean, how many times or like in all my readings and stuff that we go through, failure is just another lesson to point you in the direction to success, right? Like it's, yeah, okay, so I learned this, it's not a failure. So it, we almost yeah. need to find not, not willing, be willing to fail, but be willing yeah. to willing to learn without the judgment. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny you say that it's exactly that, but be not only take the judgment away, but almost be proud of that. I think ironically, I feel like it was like Will Smith or someone that I wasn't expecting had like a motivational hmm. YouTube video or something like that. And he was talking about something about failure and he was talking about why he sets goals where he will fail often. And he used a phrase called like something like failing forward. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of what we're talking about today about like, it is the path forward. So you take what you learn from trying something and it wasn't successful and that you try something again. If you think of something maybe less emotional as like, you know, being at a show or something that feels really vulnerable, if it's something as simple as like, I don't know, doing a puzzle that you would like pick up a piece and you might like think it fits somewhere and then you try it and then you're like oh but you might take information to be like oh it's this is the shape I'm looking for now you've learned something new and so you put that piece down and now you're looking for something slightly more nuanced hmm. maybe the color shade of the next one isn't quite right so now you've got even more so that's what I took from this fail forward concept is that each time you technically have the wrong puzzle piece you're learning something new adding to what you're looking for and then now you'll find the piece what a that great fits. metaphor. Right? Yeah, that is yeah. a great metaphor. It's very simple. We've all done that. Yeah. We've all done yeah. puzzles since we were kids and everything you just described, you can put into any other, like, for instance, what we're talking about riding situation. Yeah, exactly. Right. So it's yeah. like, we don't, typically we don't get super frustrated if we don't get the right puzzle piece every single time when you pick it out of a group, because there's like a 
you know, a thousand puzzle pieces. It's the same when we're problem solving. I think that, or when you're trying to figure out a new skill, that there's lots of things that you need to learn or take into account and that you'll just do kind of step-by-step. Yeah. Right. And I think in this, this area, as with most things that we've talked about, it all goes back to self-talk. Mm-hmm. So in those moments where you have failed forward or, yeah. and you've learned a big lesson or even a small one, yeah. um, you know, how do you, how do you come out of that situation and what kind of self-talk do you just start off with? Well, what I like to think of is that a frame of mind, I guess, is maybe it's less of a self-talk and more of a frame of mind or a mindset thing would be that like, if you're, you haven't failed at anything, then you're likely not setting goals that are outside of that comfort zone. Like we've been talking about. Right. And so depending on where you're at, that maybe that's just okay. But that if you haven't set a goal that's outside of your comfort zone and you haven't failed at anything, then my guess is that you're not pushing yourself enough out of that window. Right. Yeah. So then that's how I frame the, the, um, every time you think that you've failed at something, you're like, okay, like try to reframe it as like, I'm learning something new. Um, and I'm not saying that makes it comfortable, but it's like, that's how you talk about it. Be like, of course you don't know how to do this because you're trying something new. Mm -hmm. Right. So the phrase that I think of a lot, I didn't come up with this. It's not my words, but it's something along the lines of, um, a comfort zone is a beautiful place, but nothing grows there. Ooh. I like that. Yeah. So true. I've had conversations with people lately that, you know, I've used the, the metaphor of just cruising. If if you, if you're just all of a sudden, if you're just cruising along and nothing is, you know, snapping your attention here or, or testing you there, then stop and reassess what you're doing and and maybe make some changes so you can, you know, be tested a little bit. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. So I think that's the, that's the idea. Right. Um, and it also makes me think of, um, if you're a follower of Brene Brown and all of her reading and her books and her podcast and all of those pieces, I love Brene Brown. Um, I won't use the swear word version of this, um, but she talks about FFTs. Have you ever heard of them? Sorry, go ahead. Repeat that. It was, it was FFTs. Okay. Have you heard of them? So no. it's effing, effing first times. So I won't oh. use the swear um and so she talks about that around sort of like perfectionist culture Mm -hmm. and how vulnerable it is to try something new for the first time um I put that in the context as an adult trying something new and we have these expectations of ourselves that we're supposed to be experts at everything because we're a certain age whatever age we are we think we're supposed to know it all um and so she talks a lot about FFTs and just how vulnerable they are anytime you're in a new situation walking into a party where you might not know anybody if you're going into a show for your first time if you're whatever signed up for a dance class and you don't know how like just whatever it is right that these FFTs are these moments and that's to me it's about embracing that you the point almost is to not know what you're doing and the point is almost to fail and get comfortable with that because you will trip over yourself at that dance class um right and like that's okay that's kind of the point right and and you you will go off course once yeah right oh gosh it's a part of it yeah yeah wow right I think that's the sense around those pieces and so to me it's about kind of rallying against that idea around you can't expect ourselves to be perfect or no and I know we kind of like understand that rationally like I realize that I'm not perfect or each person can say, I know that, but then if we really pay attention to what our expectations are, if we're not allowing for failure, then you are expecting yourself to be perfect. There you go. Wow. Right. Okay. So to follow up on this, how do we put ourselves on stable footing with, with not only our support team, but also the horse so that Uh, we, so that we don't get frustrated when we come up short of our goals. Yeah, absolutely. Right. They're, think, they're the, the quiet partner. Oh, of course. Right. They, they really are. And I think the hardest, but not the hard, the best part of it all is that both of you are just like doing your best in the moment to meet a goal. Right. And yes, sometimes it's going to go well and sometimes it's not, but I feel like, like again, coming back and grounding yourself in that. Um, and something I thought of too, is again, going, it's almost loops us right back to the beginning of our conversation around like, what is the why of what we're doing? And so if you have a horse where it's their very first time going to a show, 
you had very different expectations about what you might expect and what success would look like and what a failure would look like versus maybe someone these these people we're talking about before who have been to many shows and they're veterans to the whole experience both horse and rider that they might have different types of expectations so I think being able to ground yourself back in like what the like the why as to what we're here for and that the partnership is usually a big anchoring part of that that the two of you had a goal to work on together yeah right yeah and so what about what what about the the quiet reflection Mm -hmm. so in in a world where we are overtaken overwhelmed by everything quick and fast and and feeling Mm -hmm. in those moments at a horse show when you're uncertain like you're constantly looking elsewhere for you know guidance or what should I be doing now so your the self-awareness and the debriefing you come out of the, let's say that the class um it wasn't the greatest experience um and when you sit back and you self-assess this so you and I had a really good conversation about this because so many people look outward to find the answers yeah. what can yeah. you suggest that people do to sort of get them recentered at the yeah. end and and considering to the relationship of the horse Absolutely. Right. And I think, I think the one thing that, uh, it rings true to me as well. And something that our trainer kept telling us when we were at the show, it was that, that, and it sounds harsh, but it's actually true. It means she says, no one cares, I right. But in the yeah. best way possible. She's like, nobody cares. It's your people who are there are there for, to cheer for you. People from your barn, your friends, your family, whoever it's there, they're there to cheer. The rest of the people are either not paying attention because they're there to watch their own kids or their own barn or they're also supporting you just as another equestrian. She's like, there's no, like, nobody cares. Like nobody is watching you with this judgment eye that we think the world looks at us with. So I think that was really impactful for me because it's just true. It's like nobody, anyone paying attention is like, you know, cheering you on from the sidelines and just wants the best or is very neutral about what's happening because they're not paying attention. So I think that was that really cool thing of like, no one's judging you. The only people paying attention are this pressure. So then when you're having these successes or these failures that it doesn't become this added social pressure sort of dynamic. Does that make sense? Like that social, like it gets you out of your head and then back into that. Nobody is watching and judging. They're just existing at the show. Um, And I think another big part of that for me as well is that sense around like that there is some objectiveness to judging that happens at horse throws, but there's also some subjectiveness. So I think there's this sensor on like, you might have hit all of your goals and not pinned, for example, right? So maybe you're super proud of that accomplishment that you had. You just wanted to get around the course. You wanted to whatever. Um, and that you can walk away feeling really proud, even if kind of objectively other people would have, you know, pinned and got higher ribbons or whatever it is, right. That you're kind of sitting there being like, yeah, you know what, I can look at my own assessment of that experience. And that's what self-reflection comes in of what was I hoping for? How do I genuinely feel that round went and that I can be really proud of it and kind of no matter how objectively it's gone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like just allowing yourself to process and absorb what's happened. Yeah. So then you can, you can work through it and, yeah. and learn and yeah. move forward with it. Can yeah. you, in, so in talking about, you know, um, not getting frustrated and, and connecting with your horse, can yeah. you share that little story that you shared yes. with me about the young girl? Because when the listeners yeah. hear this, I just be like, you know what? I think the adults need to learn something from this. Oh. They have all the wisdom, don't they? Sometimes our kids have the, yeah. the biggest wisdoms, right? Um, so yeah, so what we, the big lesson from that one was being able to come back when we talk about to come back from something that feels like it was frustrating and to be able to come back and just refocus on horse care. Um, so this little girl had a frustrating round. Both of them are just amazing. She's an amazing rider. Cures, like great little duo. Um, but they had stuff that they're working on. And so this person was frustrated and it was just so cute. She just sort of put it, went into the stall of this horse, shoot her mom away. Cause they were asking her questions about how she was feeling, put her chair in the stall with the horse. So they're back to everybody else and just sat there and just sat with her horse. And I'm sure she was feeling all the feels and it was just beautiful. They just spent a lot of time together. She took care of her, like without that, the, the horse care thing was the grounding for, I don't, I, I don't know, I didn't ask her, but I'm imagining how horse care thing was grounding for her. 
and that they were able to, again, go back to that reconnection of this is, this is why we're here, like working through it together and not just separating and being frustrated and disconnecting. When you tell that story, how old, how old was that young girl? Um, I think she's like 11, 10 or 11, 10 or 11 to have the, the, like, I don't know that that thought to be able to go, you know what? I just need to step away. I just need to be quiet. I need to sit with my horse and just intuition. It's just like, I think as adults, we get so complicated in our heads. I think it's just uncomplicated intuition. It is just the right thing to do. And it is probably the best way for both of them to feel better, but we complicate it as adults, right? I think we can learn a lot from our kids. I think she's going to be a very successful uh, rider because she's so attuned to the horse and, and, you know, yeah. not in her head in those after moments. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We learned a lot. I definitely, I definitely admire that about that person. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, Kendra, I think, I think we've come to the, uh, the end of, is there anything you want to add anything mm-hmm. that sort of popped up for you? That's no, I think that's about. great. And what, what, what about, is there a better note we could end on? Like, I think that's great. Just learning from yeah. the wisdom of that intuition that we can yes. draw from our animals, from younger people. We can all learn a lot. Yeah, that's awesome. Alrighty, my friend. Well, thank you so much. I, I guarantee you that there's going to be a lot of uh, positive feedback about this one too, because I think it's Good. obviously it's very relevant and I cannot thank you enough for sharing your experience and being vulnerable with us. <laughs> with us of course yes you're wonderful (laughs) Alrighty, so we have where can people reach you so um so i have a website at uh it's www.devoscounseling.com and in terms of people are kind of reaching out for like mental health support as a whole i always just recommend that people go to psychology today so no matter where your listeners are listening from if you go to psychology today you can type in the city that you live in um, and find a therapist nearby Um, that you can see, you can look at profiles of different therapists and then they can pick who they'd like. Okay. Well, we will put your information, et cetera, in the show notes. And if people want to reach out, they can do that. That would be great. All right. Well, best of luck to you and Gigi for the rest of the season. Thank you so much. (laughs) Okay. Bye-bye. So there you have it. I have some great interviews lined up for future episodes and we'll be covering some pretty interesting topics, as always with the intent to open and engage the horse world on a wide variety of issues. So until next time, keep your eyes forward and continue to hit your stride. To stay current with Hitting Your Stride, subscribe on my website or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. If you like what you've heard here today, make sure you share and leave a comment to help guide future episodes and widen the audience. And be sure to check out social media to keep up to date with Equestrian Elements Life Coaching.